0: a week we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development, so we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast.
1: This is episode 55. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Urkiaga,
2: And I'm Jay Prophet.
1: And we are excited to be together on this Monday morning at five forty-one in the morning, guys. This is this yes. is this is going to be a good day. It is. Um, we have a we have like seventeen different things we said we were going to talk about. Who the heck knows how many we'll actually right? get to? So I'm guessing three. You think three? Probably Maybe four. so. So Jay has some secrets he wants to tell us. I don't really know what they are. He's written them on a note card, and he's sitting here like, "Let's go, come <laughs> yeah, on!" I'm I can't excited. wait. And so, then wait, wait. I got to okay, give sorry. like a. I got to the, the intro. Um, it's not my turn yet. Ruth's going to talk about stuff she did last week right and maybe some scientific notation um
0: you're gonna you did a like a three-act task and, um, and some random stuff to engage students this week before the holidays yeah and then i've got
1: um some questions that i really need your help with ruth okay. <laughs> so i'm hoping we get to them um about Cuisinair rods and multiplication specifically on a number line okay jay profit go
2: all right This week on my episode of Large Numbers in Real Life. Oh, this is a podcast within a podcast. Okay, great. Um, so I've last every every Monday I get to work, and it's not just Mondays, but Mondays specifically. I usually have some things that I'm getting ready. I'm going over, you know, emails that have come in. You know, I have some some morning rituals, but one of those morning rituals is to check and see who. Was on the NPR Tiny Desk Concert that got posted that morning. Okay. And for those of you that listen to Don't Know What That Is, NPR Music. Oh, I wasn't (laughs) looking at Ruth. Did she have the I Don't Know What That Is face?
1: Well, come on. It's like pop culture.
2: Yeah. Well.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Ruth. I love you.
2: NPR Music Studios um, has this little thing where it's called a Tiny Desk Concert, and they're just in a corner of their offices. And it really is behind a desk. Oh, the desk isn't that tiny. It is a tiny concert. Yes. You know, they just stuff them in behind a desk. And, you know, it can be everything from obscure bands that you've probably not heard of that are trying to make it to great big groups that now that this is an established thing have come back in. Um, like Taylor Swift. Have you heard like, her?
0: I have heard of Taylor Swift. Okay. Good. Good.
2: Taylor Swift did it maybe a month ago. Okay. Um, and so – I think now that it has become established, some of these existing musicians have come back because Tiny Desk Concert doesn't um, doesn't bring you back twice. Like you only, you only your group only comes once. It's not like you can make a return show for the most part. Anyway, that's not as important as the rest of this story. Okay, which I saw. I think it was last week. Yeah, because it was last Monday. Um, they had Carly Rae Jepsen um, singing on. Oh,
0: I know on that Tiny one. Disc. Really? Yeah.
2: Nice. So. And you know, I listened to her music. I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard her stuff in a Call while. Call me
0: maybe. Well, that's not what she's
2: saying. She sang her new See? stuff.
0: See? I even knew that was her song, but I was scared to say it <laughs> that you would laugh if I was wrong.
2: So after listening to to Carly Rae Jepsen, I fell down a Carly Rae Jepsen hole in YouTube. Yep. And found myself again at the "Call Me Maybe" video, uh, music video, okay. which I knew was a big thing back in I think 2012. I don't know. Yeah, I think it Sounds was 2012, good. and. And I just happened to look at like how many times her video had been viewed. And that music video on YouTube had been viewed 1.2 billion times with a B, billion times. And that always, when I see big, large numbers, it makes my brain spin. And how can I comprehend that number? Because 1.2 billion is a number I cannot, I mean, I can't, there's no rational way or no, you know, realistic way, everyday way that I can make sense of that. So I started trying to break it down and this video was um, 200 seconds long. It was like, th- was it three minutes and 20 seconds or whatever it was? And it ended up being easy to calculate. Okay. So that means that this video, and this is assuming people watched it all the way through. Okay. Which it's a catchy song. You probably did watch it all the way through. Okay. Yeah. Um, had been viewed for 246 billion seconds. Okay. Okay. And so I start stepping down from there to like just over 4 billion minutes, 68 million hours, 2.8 million days, all the way to 7,800 years. That this of
1: 7,800, like 7,000,
2: 7,800 years okay. of view time, okay, for this one video, okay. So, and then I decided that's still beyond what I can really comprehend, sure. So, if we took somebody's lifetime, and they lived to be eighty years old. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to start with that number because it was a common number. So, eighty years old. If you did nothing but watch Carly Rae Jepsen's "Call Me Maybe," like you didn't take a break to sleep, you didn't break, take a break to the bathroom, <laughs> to eat, to you know walk outside for fresh air.
1: Yeah.
2: Unless you took this video with you while you were watching it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it would take ninety-eight lifetimes. Of viewing for this one video on YouTube. Wow! Like that's a lot of. Call I mean, maybe. I, I you know I brought it down to something I could comprehend, but it's still incomprehensible. Yeah. And this is 1.2 billion views. This is not even in the top 10 videos on YouTube.
0: Yeah, because multiplication made easy is probably in the top yeah. 10. <laughs> no, it's not.
2: <laughs> it's probably had what? I don't know how many views it's had.
0: Like over a million.
2: See that's impressive. Thanks. I should do one of these little things for your your video. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I said, you know, I was, you know, this is a pretty impressive video, and I didn't, I didn't go out and search what's the top. I just started looking for videos that music videos from people, and yeah, you know, found one that. So, Carl, call me. Maybe is one point two billion. Okay. Um, Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off" is two point eight billion, twice as many. Okay. Views. Um, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars' "Uptown Funk." I don't know if you remember that music video. Yep. billion views and just how much bigger and how many more lifetimes of watching those videos. I mean, it's like, wow, it's, it's so that's funny that you
0: said that because last night on the couch, Mike said he was watching something on the news and he said that he was like, Ruth, I don't know whether it was a minute or a second, but 435,000 YouTube videos get uploaded every Mm -hmm.
2: Either I, don't, second I don't know or the minute. stat but it's it's wow. crazy but that YouTube has once you break over one billion that's you know that's that puts you in a whole nother league
0: so um, she's at one point three million billion I am totally going to use those videos for scientific notation yeah because cool. yours says one million three hundred nineteen thousand sixty nine so we could just say that that was about one point three million yeah
1: all right, so for this podcast within a podcast, do, did you say you have something else to share?
2: The other thing hasn't really to do with numbers, but Adley brought me this rock last night. And it looked like kind of a gray and brown brain. And she told me that it was a geode. And I said, Adley, how do you know that's a geode? She said, well, I bought it at King's Dominion. And they said it was a geode. And I was like, oh, no. She <laughs> was like, I want to break this thing open and see the geode inside. Yeah. And I was thinking, Oh, man. I'm going to break this thing open, and it's going to be some ugly cauliflower-looking rock up in Mm -hmm. here. And I cracked it open, and it's awesome. Yeah. It really is a geode. It's got like...
1: We'll try to put a picture on the podcast.
2: I mean, I'm sure there are bigger, fancier geodes out there, but to crack this thing open and to see all the... Well, maybe not billion. All the (laughs) many, many little facets and shiny surfaces (laughs) of these crystals inside this thing was just, just awesome. And I was so glad I didn't have to... Break to my daughter that she bought some cauliflower-looking rock, and that's all it was.
1: I'm trying to make a math connection, but anything I'm thinking is really corny. So let's just jump to...
2: (laughs) I wonder how many little shining facets are inside this geode.
0: Noticing and wondering. Good job. Or if you took a piece of this that you could actually count or estimate, then you could estimate how many pieces are in there. We just did that with... How many stars are in the universe and how do they get to that number of 100 billion mm. as opposed to millions of stars? Why do they know there's billions and not trillions, right? Yeah. yeah. And
2: – I think it's – I think Carl Sagan. It's his – it's his blame it on him.
0: Uh, well, we talked about how you could look at this picture of the stars and, you know, yeah. count how many were inside this square. It was a really good mathematical talk for that, but
2: – I remember now – I'd never tied mine back into – scientific notation. Oh, okay. So I wrote these things out, and instead of for like 246 billion seconds, instead of having a bunch of zeros on the page, I just wrote 246B.
1: Okay. Now,
2: that's not scientific notation. I understand that. Yeah. So you don't need to write in and say, Jay doesn't understand scientific notation. <laughs>
1: okay. But
2: um, <laughs> what I do understand is I shortened it, a way of writing it to make it easier to yeah. to, to look at, to compare, to, to go down, and to me... I mean, that's why you do scientific notation, so you don't have to write out all these place values sure. or all these numbers off to the side. Yeah. Um, and so and just, I, I did my own, it's j notation. Awesome. How about
0: random question? Okay. So you're looking on YouTube and you see 1.2m or 12m or whatever, but what, where did the K come from for 1,000? Is that something you guys know? Because I don't know.
2: I don't know, but I'm guessing it's in metric, the the um oh, kilo the kilometer kilo, is a gotcha. thousand meters
0: okay because I was thinking what's Roman numerals but Roman numerals I think M is a thousand I don't know I just thought I'd ask a question that maybe you didn't know so you would know how it feels to yeah be put on the spot yeah sorry <laughs> I, I think Jay's right I mean I the first thing when I googled it showed up kilo
1: for a thousand yeah good job if somebody else has a different answer tell us <laughs> All right so what what do you want to share most about last week Ruth or do you want to continue with scientific notation first
0: um you go backwards or so forwards? I we can scientific notation is just a little bit because we just introduced it but I gotta give another shout out to Robert Kaplinsky because his lesson for scientific notation he even like warned me that when I played the 27 second video and it says, that one, 1. 1.4 billion times 4.1 billion is, and the word starts with an F, and then there's this long bleep. <laughs> like he even said, your students will laugh, and you're in middle school. He, he, Jay's
1: have a weird look there. He's like bleeping out the product of those two numbers, like this huge number of how many stars there are all together. Um, but it's even funnier because it starts with a, there are, and then beep. Uh, <laughs> so you know the best cuss word is <laughs> what
0: your man goes there's to.
2: That many stars.
0: Yeah, and it is a long bleep. Yeah, because it's a big number. <laughs> but anyways, he was like, "If you're going to use this in middle school, read this teacher's blog." And that teacher was like, "Oh my word! It starts with an F." And yeah. Anyways, I couldn't pull him back. Maybe it's because it's almost Christmas break, or it's almost exams. But it was a great intro. And so maybe because it's
2: really that funny, I'd yeah. probably laugh pretty mm-hmm.
0: hard. Yeah. So today we are headed back into what is scientific notation? I'll probably pull up some YouTube videos and show how annoying it is to read mm-hmm. full numbers when you can just yeah. look at, you know, 13M or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then. Yeah, that was scientific notation. So the other thing that I have that'll fit in here is just random acts of mathematical delight. Yeah. And I promised my students that we would just, I would play one at the beginning of every class, and we would be done with warm-ups just for this week, headed into Christmas break. And Global Math Project, wow. They just have them all nicely organized, and you click on a video so we did How to Make a Hexaflexagon yeah. with Vi Hart, They watched it. They were so engaged. Like, Mrs. E, can we watch that again? Mm. At home. Yeah. I put the link <laughs> on Remind. And then I Googled How to Make a Hexaflexagon, because if you've ever watched ViHeart, she talks faster than I talk. Mm-hmm. And there's a video, and it's this girl, and she's like... Did you just watch Vi Hart's video and not know how to make a hexaflexagon? Well, my name is this, and I am going to go really slow and tell you how to do it. (laughs) Cool. So, Was
2: there a video for, I just watched Vi Hart, how to make a hexaflexagon, and what the heck is a hexaflexagon?
0: (laughs) Actually, it's it's such a cool thing, Jay, and the story is that a mathematician whose name escapes me Came from England to America and his notebook paper was too big for his American binder. And so he cut off the edge of it so it would fit in his binder. So now he's in math class with a whole stack of the corners of his papers and he folded them. It's just a series of nine equilateral triangles that you fold and rotate. And then it's a hexagon, but you literally can fold it and open it and fold it and open it. And every time you open it, if you've colored it, it's a different color. And it's super cool. It's super cool. You'll have wow.
2: to. Now yeah. I'm going to watch. Yes. You're my gonna, heart. How to make a <laughs> And, and then
1: look at how many lifetimes have been spent on that. Right.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So the other thing that there was there were some riddles.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of them was you are trying to um, help these cats not be, or help your city not be eaten by giant cats. And you have to make the number 2, 10, and 14 show up on this um, machine. And you can only use the button plus 5, plus 7, and the square root. And you have to make a 2 show up before the 10 and before the 14. And you can't have any numbers show up greater than 60. And you can't have any repeat numbers. That's a lot of rules. (laughs) Doggone it. If I didn't have kids who totally didn't even listen to my lesson and at the end of class we're like see i think i got it oh cool oh tracy walt he just saved our city from the cats yeah he just ate it up he thought it was just the greatest thing ever awesome so
1: i love it that's an that's an underused resource every every morning i have to tell y'all that every morning on the run that's like the first thing out of ruth's mouth what is it
2: called what what's the random
1: Say it again, Ruth. Random
0: what? acts of mathematical delight. Rammed, Ramd, R A M
2: D. We will
1: certainly put it on our a link on our podcast. And it, it was meant to be used like a, like a um, advent up to Christmas, or no, just all I the just time. I just decided to you make just, it. Okay, gotcha.
2: Because yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to be falling down that hole this morning. Yeah, you're going to love it. <laughs> I'm sure. I just previewed it and it looks pretty cool.
1: Okay, um, did you want to talk about the um, penny? Because last on the last on fifty four episode fifty four we were setting up the penny task. Do you want to share some takeaways? We did talk about it like every day on our run, but everyone who might be just all of us
2: were sitting
1: on the edge of their seat waiting to hear how your penny task went. Maybe boil it down to a couple of comments.
0: Okay, so I think you were the one who said we really should model. I Well, I don't know if it was you or not, but I modeled productive struggles. Yeah. So we together as a class discovered how many pennies were in one stack of the cube if
1: – Hold on. Pause right here and go back and listen to 54 if you're not sure what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> right. Keep going. So. The pennies. Oh, good, that helped. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I'll do it. It's a it's a cube. This is a um a three act task that we'll link again, but it's a cube that is clear plastic, and you can see through one side of it. And they're stacking pennies in the cube, and the question becomes: How many pennies are will fit in the entire cube, stacked in stacks? That's the and it's a that's the prompt.
0: Okay, go. So. We estimated, I was modeling productive struggle, which means, first of all, I was really surprised that students couldn't tell me what two things they needed to figure out how many were in a stack. Yeah. We were really on the struggle bus with, (laughs) I need to know how tall the cube is, and I need to know how thick the penny is. Yeah. And I had determined that I was not going to tell them those two things. I was going to make them ask for it. So- They did some creative stuff like they were saying, well, why don't you tell us how many are in two rows? Okay, well, that's a little bit too easy. Mm -hmm. You know, what else could you ask for? How would you how would I figure out how many are in two rows so I could tell you? I, I was out of questions. I was out of leading questions, funneling questions. But we eventually got there, which took up a lot of time and they didn't have a lot of time to then figure it out. But I will say that I thought. This task was going to take one day, maybe one and a half days. And the end of the third day was like, this was a lot of math, right? Right. But we got to own your market set, hurry up and do all of the rest of it. But I feel like, and it's really scary to know that, was that worth my time of getting towards my objective of actually dividing decimals because everybody used multiplication. Mm, Yeah. And so we weren't practicing over and over how many times does six hundredths go into six? We were practicing what's six hundredths times 50 and what's six hundredths times 45 Yeah. Um, Like
1: using multiplication to really solve a division problem.
0: Right. And so we discovered the ratio table. I was able to give it that name, but I had a lot of students who did it. And I was able to name strategies that I saw. So um, Catherine used the ratio table. So we call that Catherine's table. Well, Parker, he is just such a fun kid. And I go over to his paper and he has six times 100 equals 600 and he has a 100 circled and he's just got his arms folded and he's got this big grin on his face and i'm like parker tell me about what you did i don't see a whole lot of math on your paper and he's like well i don't really like decimals mrs e so i just made that penny bigger you what well i a just made big,
2: it fat penny six
0: inch penny And since I had a six-inch penny, I knew my container would have to be 600 inches. And then it was really easy to figure out, which is totally dividing decimals. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. But for him to, like, come up with it, it was so cool. So the next day when I introduced his strategy to the rest of the class, first of all, he is not the student who everyone's like, oh, Parker's so good at math. So his face when Do people sit around and say
2: that about anybody? I think
0: so. I mean, I think that... In a sixth grade classroom, you know, like, oh, she knows the answer. Yeah. You know, they don't say it out loud, but there's this sense of... They know who's always right. They
2: don't wait at the door and be like, here's Jay. He's so good at
0: math. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> they don't do that. It's not okay. like that. It's just like, oh, she's raising her hand. I'll stop thinking. Yeah. Because she's already going to tell the teacher the answer. Yeah. Gotcha. So Parker's strategy is what we practice the rest of the week because... Cool. He doesn't like decimals.
2: It should really be called the fat penny strategy. (laughs) I like that. I was listening back to this podcast just the other day. Not this one. That's kind of funny to say I'm listening to this one in the middle of this one. How does that work? No. (laughs) Last week's podcast, the one you're talking about. And I remember you saying something about three days. What was it that you were talking about that was going to take three days if it wasn't this?
0: Um, That's how long we had to do the whole entire, like, please learn how to divide decimals. Okay. (laughs) Because I remember, I remember you somebody I think, saying,
2: hey, this is this could take three days. I think
0: at the beginning you thought it was
1: going to take one. And then by the end, when we talked about it and talked about it, you had mm-hmm. kind of a little inkling. Yeah.
2: Thinking, Maybe like,
1: you forgot yeah. that when you started teaching it.
0: Because <laughs> you're just like, okay, we, you know, on your market set. And I didn't expect them to not be able to do some of the things they couldn't do. Like...
2: And once you've prepped it for it and you've thought about it every which way, upside down, inside out, you know, you've and thought about it
0: five times when yeah, you get to the end, the you, last period you of You expect the day. them
2: to be able to use your prior experience and figure it out quickly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, anyways, I feel like it was definitely worth the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like to be able to figure out how I could do some kind of a, a grade because it's really important to our administrators that we. Have three grades each week, whether it's assessment type grades, formative assessments, classwork. And I had those three days of stuff and was like, what do I do? Like, how do I like Parker? He had six times 100 equals 600 on his paper, but he had totally understood it. Yeah. Yeah. Where someone else might have multiplied six hundredths times two to see if that would work. <laughs> yeah, and that's all they have.
2: Does two pennies fill the yeah, six-inch cube? Yeah, it's so
0: hard.
1: Point? It's, there's, like, I just hate grading the, the like, journey part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, that's what you were doing. You were, like, getting from step part, you know, step A to step B, and, and it's messy, and it's,
0: mm-hmm. like... I mean, I did have them, but like... But it's the
2: important part.
0: It's the important part, but... Grading that just doesn't make sense. Right. So I did, what I ended up doing was telling them from the beginning, you have to have three things that you noticed and three things that you wondered, and you have to have an estimate. And this is what your estimate has to look like. It has to be a number line. You have to have, this is my too low. This is my too high. This is the true median. Mm -hmm. And then where does your estimate fall on that line? And that was it. So then you had to have some kind of work for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You had to show me your thinking some kind of way. Even if your thinking was wrong, I needed to see that you were thinking. So you have to decide how you're going to show that. Yeah. When you're saying that, I'm remembering that I've done that before, too. When I did a three-act task
1: before in fourth grade, I used – I like Graham Fletcher's, like, organization sheet. Mm-hmm. It's not the one – you, you like, basically made it on paper. But his sheet is well organized, and it was just like, is it complete? Did you write some notice things? Did you write some wonder things? Did you do the estimate? And do you have the question that we're solving? You know, like that's really not. It's kind of yucky because it's not really assessing any understanding, but it's assessing that you participated enough. You know, you were you were following along enough to know or, or
0: yeah, stick with us. I, don't, I hate grading. Ugh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Okay. And yeah. she's a math coach and doesn't have to grade anymore. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's move on. <laughs>
1: um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was um, a question that a teacher asked me. And this is in a third grade class and they are introducing multiplication. And I've no, I just want to point out that in Common Core – it's They start in second grade. Did you know that? That they that mm-hmm. multiplication is like introduced at the most basic level in second grade, which I think is interesting. But in Virginia, it's introduced in third grade. And I mean, certainly you do skip counting and kinds of things that are making your way towards it, but it right. doesn't show up in our standard until third
2: grade. They don't use the word multiplication. Yeah.
1: And she wants to use Cuisinair rods, which I'm really excited about. And she came to me like, how can I use them? I want to use them for multiplication. And I like that she's constantly, like, challenging herself. Um, to, and then challenging you. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and my, an, my original go-to, which I don't know if it's right or not, was that we should use them in the context, in a linear context. Instead of in an area context or an array context. That's what she was thinking array right away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's a linear tool. And if they've never used the Cuisinier rods before, which it's fair to assume they haven't, um, a linear model or context makes more sense. Because
0: it's really hard to look at a Cuisinier rod and know it's a two without the lines. At first, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it.
2: But Tracy knows what color a two is. Yeah, it's red. See, she knows them all.
1: Not all of them. I know, like, the small ones and the big ones. Um, I know up – I was quizzing myself the other day randomly, and I know up through five, and then I know, like, the last
2: couple. I know up through five, and then six through ten.
1: Yeah, pretty – no, I don't know six or seven or eight. Anyway, don't quiz me. Um, So – we're going to meet again today to talk about it, and she left me with some assignments to do. So assignment number one is to – well, I left her with an assignment, which is the when you're planning to teach this, the two or three days before that, you need to have them play with them, and then you need to notice and wonder because starting your lesson – Um, with just here we go, this is the task we're gonna do. It's not a good idea unless they've made some discoveries about how these
0: jokers work. Okay. I that's just a good overall teaching thing. Yes. You don't ever pull out something and I mean, even my little red and yellow tiles for integers, they gotta have time to like explore. Do they stack? Do they roll? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. They do roll very well. Can you flip them in Mm -hmm. the air? Okay, so
1: smartly, sure wisely, I guess is not that's the right word. She was like, Okay, I want you to tell me what are the things that they're gonna say for notice and wonder and what are the things that I should highlight about Hmm. when they say that. So she just kind of (laughs) what
2: I don't I don't work with her. But I, I know her well enough that when she has an idea like this, she'll come to you and she'll be like, all right, I've got three questions for you about this. Yeah, exactly. And the first question is, what are they going to say? And while you're thinking about that, here's another one. And if you don't know, just let me know. That's, that and,
1: was a perfect exp- – um, yeah. She, and
2: I just, I just so enjoy how she like has already th- th- thought all this out to ask you about what they're going to do to prepare yeah. her.
1: So she – so – I think if the one thing that we really want to, so I'm going to start, but then I want you to help me. okay? Okay. So one of them is the whole staircase. I'll help too. Okay, great. The whole staircase idea, right? So the staircase okay. is where. Oh, did did you guys just pull up the cheat sheet? Wait, 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 wait. I want
2: to. I want to. I want to say you guys does not include Jay, but I am looking at but it. But
1: she's just okay, y'all. She's like over here I typing. Think six
2: is green. Seven, maybe uh, dark blue. And
1: I have to be intelligent, so oh, I, no, I had to like look at them she, so I could. She googled it and then she so carefully turned her computer towards Jay. Jay, so they,
2: the eight is brown. <laughs>
1: Oh guys, it was so we could contribute. That's okay, right. great, great, great. Because great, great.
2: we don't have them memorized.
1: Okay, so they they we want to be looking for someone who makes a staircase or something like a staircase. And a staircase is when, in whatever version you might have, it's stacked. Is that what you're looking at? No. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's stacked with the you know small, bigger, 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 all the way up to the. Do tent.
2: you intend the bars to be vertical or horizontal? It doesn't matter. Okay
1: um so a staircase and i think the important thing so so you might the question might be um why are you why does it look i don't know what would you say we want them to say something about each one is one more than the next but what's the question to get them to articulate more about the staircase
2: why does this staircase work
0: okay ruth Um, let me see. So what if you had the kid beside you that decided he was going to keep out the two and the five and we saw this like big jump? Why doesn't this one work? Just like Jay said, why does this one work? So Mm -hmm. if you were the teacher, you might take out some of the middle and slide it up there and say... You know, if you were going to walk up the staircase, why wouldn't it work? So okay. for the person who can't answer Jay's question, yeah. now you can visually see why it wouldn't work. OK, so like here,
1: here's a staircase. Take on a couple and say, OK, if you don't have an answer for that, why, why, why is this not a staircase? It mm-hmm. might be easier to explain that, that they don't step up by even amounts or equal amounts. I don't like that word, even. Equal right. amounts every time. OK, the other thing that I know you want to notice is equivalence. So somebody might say Those two uh, yellows make the orange that yeah, kind of thing yeah yeah two yellows equals an orange what um, and and then I think it would be important to write to write some of that on the board and I've seen people use like a one there's a there's a system I don't have it that memorized there's like one letter for each one is that on your what you're looking at do you have the letters like? Mm-hmm. Yellow is each Y. One obviously, has
2: a cm does that count?
1: Centimeters, no. <laughs> but so you would write two Y equals O if you wanted oh. to do that that way. So right. it's that says two yellows equals orange, which is kind of cool because it's working towards algebraic notation. You know, right. um, where the number and the thing that you're multiplying are.
0: I would say right that you would other. probably. I don't know if this is kind of standard, but K is black and N is brown and B is blue. And the rest of them, it's all just the beginning letter. You lighter. got two greens. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. I'd have to find it. But yeah, there is somewhere. But she, Or she could just write out the words. It's cool that
2: two light greens equals a dark green.
1: Oh, yeah. That is cool.
2: Because dark green sticks. You didn't know that because you hadn't memorized them. But Thank you. I did. And Thank I'm just you. sharing that knowledge <laughs> with you.
1: You're so <laughs> full of it. Full of yourself. Okay, so some equi- some equivalence things. And then you really want to pull out some with the white. Like that That's the one. That sorry. Yes. That's going to move them towards naming them as numbers. You know, like mm-hmm. getting to the idea that they're numbers. So yes, we want to start with some equivalence, but what are the questions she's going to ask to highlight the how many ones is each one worth i
2: have a question for you okay this goes back to i'm i'm listening to you talk you know as as single num as representing numbers and earlier in this conversation you said they are a linear tool yeah but we we have those frames for them that are definitely two dimensional what do you, is there a different, I mean, are you saying they're linear tools for right now to learn how to use them?
1: I think so. Because yes. we definitely,
2: I mean, all those frames that you have are made to be two dimensional and not linear.
1: Yes. So what he's talking about for I Love Math Day last year, we got the idea from Simon Greg. He has, he makes all over Twitter. There's pictures of a hundred faces, which are faces that are made out of a value of a hundred air rods. Um, And we, to make it simple for our purpose, Jay made these 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter wooden frames. And the idea is that the kid would fill it with an area of a hundred. And then they would dump them out and make a face out of what they can tell is a hundred piece, a hundred count or area kind of thing. Um, So yeah, that there can be used for both. I think Uh it's just that... It's if you do if you never used them before, like Ruth said, not having the divisions and knowing how many they're worth, I think it would be a tough to go to right away. Sure. I was just, yeah, that's that, that is a, area a because thing. you would see, you would know it was a hundred because it would you would it's in a square and it would be ten by ten, and then you know that
2: that's orange by orange.
1: Yep, that's exactly. Except you can't fit an orange by an orange. I know we're, right? that's
2: one thing we were talking about this week when she brought up that question: is you can't like multiply them, you know, stack them because They would have to actually overlap and it makes – you can't – Yeah, it doesn't work that way.
0: So I was thinking while you were talking, I had to write it down so I don't forget because I totally reached that age where (laughs) it's gone. But if she could find one student who had the little white ones match up with any color, every time I see that, students think it looks like teeth. So you could say, let's all make some mouths. How big is the green mouth? How big is the black mouth? So that's a discovery that they could come up with that would force them to use the white ones. Okay. Um, and see how many teeth fit in that big mouth. I never would have thought of that. Okay, cool. But if you look at it with your little... Yeah, I get
1: that. Those little white things look like teeth. <laughs> that's cute. Um, how, well, how do you feel about... Should they make themselves a staircase like um, cheat sheet, like you've got, or should they get a piece? Should they be given a piece of graph paper and color them in? Should they just? Should she just have an anchor chart once it's discovered and and post it to not waste the time of like creating one? I go ahead. What are your what are so, your thoughts on that question?
0: I don't think it needs to be required. I mean, I don't think it needs to be required, but if you want to make one, you can. And if the, I don't think the teacher would say that. I think the teacher would just say, I've, the anchor chart is good, right? Mm-hmm. So it's at the front of the room. But then if I really want to have one on my desk, then I would have it there. Or if you really wanted to have one on your desk, I may just use yours as a reference mm-hmm. instead of the anchor chart. So it, it doesn't feel like a... It doesn't feel like it's a necessity. It feels like it would take a lot of time for some of the kids to outline it and then color it neat enough or yeah. color it so you could even read it. Uh, come on. Finding all those crayons. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah, the probability that it's December and they still have their brand new box of crayons with the right colors in it yeah. is slim. Uh,
1: my kids, oh, because I, it was probably that thing, I didn't want to take the amount of time it was going to take to make it. And my kids would just, if they cared, they would start a lot of the lessons by making a um, staircase and then they would just refer to it right on their table. By, mm-hmm. And um, the kids that had it memorized didn't need to do that. You know, it just became the tool that you made yourself when you realized you needed it. Um, so you might like point that strategy out. To the class, like right. pointing out that someone has done that to help them, I think would help everybody else. I'm, I'm going to write that down. Um, point out. Okay. C- those are the two things that I would want them to notice and wonder, notice about are the staircase and the equivalence. Is there anything else that would support this?
2: I think for them to know that the smallest one is the unit.
1: Oh, that's mm-hmm. good.
2: That every one of them can be broken down into the the little tiny white block, the little smallest block. And that they're that <clears throat> They're not just units of that long, but they're all that um thick or wide or however you're mm-hmm. looking at them on the on the ground.
1: That's really good. So do we just say that that we're going to we're going to call this one and then we're going to call this if this is called one, what is this
0: yellow? I, I mean, that's how I approach it with base 10 blocks. This okay. is the unit. This is why it's called the unit. Um, <clears throat> because it's the basis of everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I just think, you know, it's not. It, it helps. You know, they, they will all think of everything back to this. This small one centimeter cube. Yeah. And I think that helps if things start to get too abstract and, and they get start to get confused, they can stop and go back to,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, the basic of this is, this thing is five centimeters long or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, then that, okay, that's really good. I think the other thing is somehow is... Are she just going to tell them it's a centimeter or is there some way they're going to, could she put rulers out? Should she have rulers out to begin with? And they might just see that the centimeter correlation.
2: I like Mm. that idea. But I'm also afraid that sometimes they're not quite a centimeter.
1: Yeah, true. And
2: so they're like, hey, this this thing is, you know, eight millimeters long, eight millimeters. And then that just messes up the whole thought process Mm -hmm. because as they've been mass made, they're not... They're not always a, a, a true centimeter. Neither
1: are the rulers always the same. Have you ever noticed so, that? Uh, yes. So,
0: what if you wait a second?
2: Rulers aren't the same?
0: Yeah. They, like they're mass they're, produced. They're off a little bit a lot yeah. of times. I would say maybe at the end of the lesson, she pulls out the inch ruler and she pulls out the centimeter ruler and she says, if this is our unit, which one of these makes the most sense? Do you think this is um, an inch yeah. or do you think this is a centimeter? And let them choose from that just two choices. Okay. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having the rulers out and she might you know, be excited that someone figures it out for her. Mhm. But I don't think that that you keep going until someone discovers that. You can Okay. pull them back into that. All right. I think so I think these are the four things that we want to establish are
1: what a staircase tells you, why it's a staircase, what the like demonstrate how you demonstrate equivalence that the one is going to be the unit today, and that each one of those that the, that the white is going to be the unit and it's equal to one, and we're going to call the others they're going to have values based off of the one, and then. That they're each a centimeter, which allows us to use the meter stick to do some linear modeling of of numbers without having to count. At this point, you know it's kind of like the fact that you can li- line them up against a ruler or a meter stick is a tool to make it a bit faster at first, quicker. You mm-hmm. know, all right, that's that's plenty, right? That's going to take. I think that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, I think we conquer that we nailed that okay so let me walk you through you're welcome we're working on like we we thank you did i say thank you um (laughs) we're working on a like a shared document
2: teacher who had asked how to
1: oh you're welcome hannah she's she hates podcasts Uh, even though she was on this podcast every time i talk about the podcast she's like i don't like podcasts i don't listen to podcasts so she'll never listen to it
2: (laughs) well then take hannah you're not welcome
1: Ah, that no don't say that um All right, so she said she's going to walk through some guided exploration after that. And so um, she's got some questions here that I think we should share because they're really good. Okay. Um, She has, place a rod on your ruler that is equivalent to 10. So she's going to give every kid a ruler, and that means they're going to get out the orange one and lay it down. And then she says, can you find a combination of same colored rods that would also equal to 10? And so that would be two yellow, which is two fives, or ten whites. and Or, or five twos. Mm-hmm. Or five reds. Oh, I'm going to add that. I, in my brain, I was How like- did I, that
2: not cross your brain?
1: Well, it did, but I'm, I was talking and not thinking. And so I'm like, I think there are three. And then I, all right.
2: I've briefly forgotten what color the two is. <laughs> but- um, <laughs> 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 Y'all are funny.
1: Okay. And so then she says, What question should we ask that prompts them to determine the math sentence? I think she should just say, What what multiplication um, expression, no equation, have we modeled here?
0: Right? I don't even think she needs to say multiplication. I think if Ooh. she can just have them say two fives is 10 and five twos is 10, and then write that on the board five twos and then talk about the mathematical convention that we can't just say a five and a two because yeah. it might look like 52s. So what or symbol could we two. put here? See, I think they've done a little bit of they've you know they've they've started enough
1: multiplication that I think they're oh. but but they she might just say, what math sentence can we write? here. Mm-hmm. And then they might say 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2. And then some other kid would go, oh, that's 5 groups of 2, 5 times 2. Yeah. Okay. I like... I hear what you're saying. Then she's got, place a rod on your ruler that's equivalent to 9. Can you find a combination of light of same colored rods that would equal 9?
2: Fewer answers.
1: Yep. Two answers. And then, use your rods to build 24 on the ruler. What? I like that. Um, which would do, like... Probably an orange and an orange and a yellow. No, not yellow. Oh, no. Purple. Purple. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I closed it. I don't okay. know. <laughs> um, how many, like this, how many possible, possible combinations of same colors can you make the total 24? Write a math sentence to go with each. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of this mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she said, use your rods to model. This is cool. Use your rods to model five times seven. Oh, that's a good transition. Yeah. Um, And then she says, not sure where to go from here. Bigger. Um, Except for, aren't there 30 centimeters? (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that. But she's maybe using meter sticks. Okay.
2: Or just a flat edge of your desk.
1: Yeah. But that could be kind of cool if they have to like know how far, I mean, that's, Could be Hmm. an interesting, you know, it doesn't go. How far is this? Right. You know?
2: Maybe she's using 18-inch rulers and they Um, do have 35 centimeters on them. Okay.
1: So I think from there she's probably – she just wanted to like build some convention of how we were going to use it and talk about it. And then from there she really wants to go into some
0: sort of rich task that uses this model to solve. So – I keep going back to what we already talked about last year when it was, like, running. Come on. So, like, there was some type of relay where every person ran three miles and there were, I don't know, could you do, like, 16 people in it? Is that the kind of task? Because it feels like... Just knowing three times six isn't enough of a task. Yeah. Right? But if you did 16 people, then you could line them up. You could figure out how many 10. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure she's ready to go to two digit by one digit yet. That's what
1: you're saying, right? 16 times three. I'm not sure she's ready to jump that far.
0: Uh, But what kind of a... So, for me, it's really hard to go back to create sure. a task that's at their level. that – because I don't know what a yeah. th- third grader. Well, let
1: me tell you. So, I, I spent a lot of time last night just looking, just Googling like rich task multiplication and going through everything on Simon Gregg's Twitter that had to do with multiplication. Like, I put his name in and multiplication, and I found, you know.
2: I see the cute you almost rock. said it, I almost did it
1: like ruth I <laughs> she realized fierce just then <sighs> ouch <laughs> did you feel that one did felt you felt that burnt? one that one <laughs> um ruth our kids make fun of um our our disagreement on how to say that word it's pretty funny triple just like say it they, just get, to bother they me. get
2: different sides and like they'll
1: did i say it wrong did i say it wrong <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Um, Anyway, I just I just spent a lot of time searching and I didn't find anything great, which is what we talked about a couple episodes ago. But here's my here's my best one so far that I found was he he has this is Simon Greg He has a track that that's like a meter stick with a with a hole down the middle of it. Come on. Yeah, it's awesome. Numicon, I think that's what it's called. Or that's the brand. And it, and so you can, like, lay the Cuisinier rods in the track. And they won't fall away. Exactly. I you know, need one I really do. Or 10 or 20. <laughs> or um, a classic. Yeah, they're really expensive. Um, but you could just put it up against the meter stick, right? And so he had some sort of – these were really little kids. But he they were, like, rolling dice. And they would roll, let's say, um, four times five. And so you would get either – Four groups of five, so four yellows, or five times four, so five pinks, and you would put them in your track or up against your meter stick. And on your paper, on your board, you would write four times five equals twenty. But it was like a called a race to one hundred. So as far as I can tell, you'd leave that right there, and then you'd build the next one right mm. after it. And so you're not seeing like it's not as simple as how long is it because it ended at tw- at 20 the next one ends at you know 36 and you have to figure out how long that is either by skip counting or subtracting or using I don't know I think there's I think it's cool that you're having to figure them out because it's not landing on that spot in the I have a question. Yeah. Hmm.
2: It sounds to me that you guys could use would end up using a whole bunch of these little rods. Yeah. How how many comes in like a set? Um, because everybody's trying to make a hundred out of them, and you know, and but it's not just fill the thing up with any kind of color you want. You're actually having having them come up with multiplication problems to... Yeah,
0: I do worry that they're going to run out of pieces. Maybe you could do it as a as a team though. Like you could race to a hundred with the three of us, and so the three of us are working together, or maybe two. Yeah. partners are better than three people. I think it's easy for somebody to not participate. Yeah. If there's three in a group. So like a, a pair of people could race against another
1: pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's probably and we don't have enough for every kid to do this.
2: Cuz you you know you roll 3 times 7 and there's no more sevens and I, again I don't remember exactly what color that well, is off the top of my head. so if
1: there if you do that, then you would go you'd see first if you could do the other One. Oh,
2: if you could do seven threes.
1: Yeah. That'd be the first thing to do. I haven't thought through all this, so these are Maybe that's when you
2: get a strike and it's the other person's turn.
1: If you can't build it.
2: If you can't build it, they won't come.
1: But you could also build something equivalent to it. Like if you're doing three sevens and you can't do... If you're doing seven times three and you can't do three times seven and you can't do...
0: There's no other multiplication problem.
1: But you could do... 21 you could put a 10 and a 10 and a 1
0: oh. if you can
1: figure out how long it could be you could put something equivalent to oh, it in there okay. that's kind of cool I mean like that could be part what part of what the task is that you have to do this but you have to um only use the pieces in your bag and they have to be right as you go around you could even lay it you could also have a, a strip of um What's it called? Adding machine? Yeah. Lay that down too. How in the
2: world did you get that from what her fingers were doing?
1: (laughs) Because that's what teachers do. Holy moly. That seemed pretty obvious to me. It wouldn't come. The word wouldn't come, but I knew Ruth would know. (laughs) You could have, so you'd have your meter stick and then you'd have your adding machine tape. And you may even like want to tape them in place so they don't get all funky. And then they could. like mark it off. This was three times seven. Three times seven mm. equals twenty-one. And and so the then teacher you could check your work. Yeah, yeah, the teacher
0: could come back and see it. That's good. Um, your searching was not in vain. You think this is good? I think that's a really good task. I think you are kind of putting it in the form of a game. Yeah, because you've got a little competition going, but it's not who can do it the fastest because there's you're gonna you're gonna run out of blocks. Wait so race to 100 to isn't who's fastest? There's oh. just a whole lot more involved like t- just because you know 3 times 7 is 21 doesn't mean you're gonna win because when you get down to 98, what multiplication problem do you have to roll in order to be able to fill it to a 100 so so th-
1: there are several things here to to decide like are we saying it has to end at a 100? Yeah. Or are you saying it can end and you have to name your ending spot if you don't end at 100?
2: I think you do, you know.
0: Or maybe when you roll one that you can't fit. Like when you go over 100, you're out. And so how close did you get? Were you at 80? And then you rolled five times seven. And so now you're done. But I kept going until I got to 98. I think that's a good... So around the room what that
1: that sounds good around we'll like record this is how close I got without mm-hmm. going over and then start over and so the whole room is trying to get somebody oh yeah that's good who lands on a hundred or as close to a hundred as possible that's kind of cool and you have
0: to have those equations right that equal a hundred mm-hmm. and you could turn that into addition so you could do 21 plus 45 where the students so th- think through this with me if If I say I got to 98, and I say I got 21, and I got 45, and I got something else, then in order to check your work, what multiplication problem did Ruth roll to get 21? Mm -hmm. What multiplication problem did she roll to get 45? I was kind of
1: going there with... Like if we hadn't been able to turn this into enough of a challenging task for her, I was thinking, let's play it so we understand how it works, and then the task would be: somebody is at this spot, like seventy six. What do they want to cross their fingers and hope for? Come on, come on, come on! What do they want to cross their fingers and hope for to get right to a hundred? Hmm. You know, six and four, or eight and hey guys, eight. we
2: were talking about fives and sevens you can't roll a dice and get a seven
1: well that was my next question was what caught my hear my stomach growling y'all no (laughs) okay good hope that didn't didn't uh okay anyway um we need to decide what dice are we're gonna provide because when i looked when simon greg was doing this he was using like dice that had only up to fours i think on it we could use six-sided dice we could use ten-sided dice we could use spinners that have whatever the heck we want them to have on it like it could be just one like we could have spinners where one of them was ones twos and fives or something threes maybe you know um
2: is there a reason to make this more complicated than just ten-sided dice
1: well, because 10 sided dice are going to get you to the end so fast. There's only going to be. He used. Well, if you
2: land on 10, but there's nine other numbers. He used.
1: Well, 10 sided dice is zero to nine. Do you know that?
2: Are you serious? Yes. What the heck sense does that make?
1: I don't know. That's
2: well, what it is. You don't want to roll a zero.
1: For practicing multiplication times zero,
2: I bet you somebody out there has a ten sided dice that's one through ten. I
1: bet there exists, <laughs> yes, but but come on, back me up. But in the gamer zero?
2: in the gamer world, they're one through ten. In the math nerd world, they may be zero through nine.
0: Oh, I don't. I think that there's zero to nine. I mean, you could still play that if you roll a zero, it's a ten. I'm guessing that's what happens. Yeah, that's true.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Okay, but don't you?
2: We like- only show it's a ones digit ten sided <laughs> dice.
1: Yes. <laughs> anyway, he used smaller numbers to make it take longer. That's yeah. pr- basically what it is. That does make sense what to, his to tweet force said.
2: it to last longer.
1: So I would think you could use a.
2: A quarter. It's one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You could use a 10 sided dice on, ones, on one, and then this one could be ones, twos, or maybe you could just use a six-sided die make your yeah, life a lot easier i would
0: say just go with a six-sided
1: die because then you're never going to have more than 30 or 36 the biggest okay 36 yeah i like that
2: but then you're not going to use those top color rods unless you you're just using them to fill in the space because you have no more fours
1: well yeah you are because your 10-sided die could have nine oh, a 10
2: and a six i thought you were using two sixes because you said 36 i
1: think we know that Oh, it would be
0: 54. The biggest number you could roll would be 54. Oh, you're saying... I'm sorry, I missed that. You were saying use one 10-sided die and one 6-sided die. Yeah. Do you think that's... So this is the first introduction to multiplication for them? I mean, they've
1: done it for maybe a week or two. Maybe we should do two 6-sided dice so that the biggest is 36.
0: I uh, Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. And then you're going to have... Yeah. You could play it again later once you know more facts. Okay. We're going with two six sided, but that's what we're yeah. recommending to. Her. I mean, Hannah. I'm
2: recommending the ten sided dice has a one through a ten on it.
1: You keep hoping that. <laughs> you, on your Monday morning wasting time. I mean oh, on, right. your Monday, <laughs> on your Monday on your You can see his face on your on your Monday morning Gasp. Um. um adventures, yeah, <laughs> <go>. investigating, <laughs> investigative adventures. Why don't you look for, see if you can find a 10-sided uh, die that goes one through 10. Don't, not right now. Oh, you don't even have your computer. I'm okay, look good.
2: it up on my ruler and notepad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think we, we answered the question. Wow, Ruth, That was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. All right. Are you ready for takeaways,
0: friend? So this is my takeaway. Task planning is easier with two people when you can yes. bounce ideas. Cause that is a hard, hard thing to do, and when it's I'm even sitting, even easier with three
2: people. Yes, yeah. especially yeah. one person who thinks outside the math box. You, yes, yes, me.
1: <laughs> About your ten-sided dice die. Okay, that's Ruth. That's really good. Yes. Yeah, because you're not gonna think of all the problems that could come
0: up like you're not gonna have enough pieces or and shout out to hannah for doing all this planning prior to it instead of just the night before being like oh yeah race to 100 thanks simon greg i'm gonna do that in my class yeah she wants to be prepared yeah
1: yeah she's a good teacher um well, I didn't talk about the lesson study. And so I'm going to just echo. I'm going to say you're right, Ruth. I'm going to echo that because <laughs> okay. I did that lesson study with um, the fourth grade teachers. And we did the paint task from VC, from VDOE, which was about adding fractions with unlike denominators. And I think that our planning and reflecting on implementing a task was so strong. One of the teachers actually said to the group, to like the rest of the teachers in a um, school improvement meeting that it was one of the highlights of her teaching career. And this was a veteran teacher said that the participating in lesson study was one of the highlights of her teaching career it was like, dang, I didn't even pay you to say that. <laughs> I didn't even tell you to say that. <laughs> I didn't
2: that. even pay you to say
1: that. Um, and, and I think it was that collaborative part of planning. And mm-hmm. then, and then all of a sudden going, Oh, we didn't. None of us thought of that. And wow, we discovered this thing together from implementing it and watching each other do it. Um, I think the collaboration is so important. So find yourself a running partner and or, <laughs> or teaching team to collaborate with. All right, last chance, Jay Prophet.
2: I was thinking through. I don't. We've been talking about the Cuisinart rods, and I don't remember using Cuisinart rods. I'm sure they existed when I was in school. That's just they not did. something.
1: They were made in 1945.
2: So just barely.
1: Yeah, just barely. <laughs> um, yeah. By a Belgian teacher, Belgium, Belgian teacher.
2: Um, Yes, Belgium is the country. Yes, Belgian, Belgian the, yeah. thank you. Um, But how interesting, like, a very visual way of teaching this, not only because I do remember using base 10 blocks, but they were all the same color and, you know, they did have the little marks. But I, I do remember using those some, but this is interesting how they not only, you know, Give them different lengths because base ten, it was just a one, a ten, or a hundred. Yep, and and how that has using that and and visually changing them up and making different links makes for so many different um, ways to to figure out you know to to work it out and 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 make it interesting to work on. They're not just all gray blocks; yeah. they're different lengths.
1: Do so you think the color adds some interest? I think
2: so. I think it adds interest. It also adds instant recognition for those of us who have memorized all the colors. Yeah. Um, like but yourself. also to even f- not being silly to see differences. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look if if these things are laid out against a meter stick and you've got some fours and some fives or some, you know, fives and sevens uh, looking at it straight down. You mm-hmm. won't see that as quickly as you would with them being different colors. Yeah. I just think that's cool. That's cool.
1: You just gave me a a thought is that like, let's say they're going to have to make four groups of five. They could, they probably are going to go like, okay, I'm going to run out. So I'm going to do as many groups of five as I can. I'm going to do three groups of five. And then I've got another 10 to make. I'll just put down the 10. So they're going to be thinking about equivalence. Mm -hmm. You know, they might not totally redo their entire expression they might just redo the part that they can't make or like if they need a five they might do a four and a one you know to make it
2: or if they're racing to 100 then you know whatever their problem is it gets them so far they mark their progress but don't have to keep those blocks in the in place they can reuse all the blocks for every problem they get to so they're they're marking their progress on the 100 and then can pull those blocks up and start again beside it somehow. Maybe. Set something yeah. in the take up a space so that they don't run out of threes or don't run out yeah. of whatever.
0: I think Ooh, I just had a really good thought too. Okay. I.
2: Hey, let's just you, record another episode. While yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> what if you take a picture of everyone's finished line, project the pictures, and then say which ones of these are models of multiplication problems. Because it's really three groups of five and not two groups of five plus four plus one. Uh And let them see that multiplication is modeled with equal groups. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That's cool. To be able to let them discover that.
1: Where did did they run out? Yeah. 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 That's good. All right. I'm excited to talk about this today. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on a run.
0: Tomorrow on a run.